Hello everybody and welcome to the True Fans podcast where we talk to the true fans of the beautiful game. My name is Kieran Griddins. I'd like to welcome you all back to the channel and the first podcast of 2021. Uh, so excited to be back. We have got so much to talk about uh, today. It is absolutely unbelievable, but we will delve into so much uh, football knowledge and also sharing our opinions. I'm joined today by the head of the Football Fanatics podcast, a very good friend of mine who I've shared the pitch with many, many times. It's Sam Cattell. Sam, how are you today? I'm all right, thanks, mate. How are you? Good, 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 good. First of all, Happy New Year. You too. Uh, hopefully uh, you had a, a lovely Christmas. I did, mate. Good Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's obviously we had the time of Christmas, New Year, and then we've all been put back into into lockdown now. So that's uh, definitely yeah. very very uh, very depressing. But this is not a political podcast. This is a football podcast, and so we'll just get straight in with all of the stuff we have to talk about today. And uh, we're going to start with a bit of a tribute. Uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, two days ago, Jerry Marsden, who was best known for being the leader of the band Jerry and the and the pacemakers uh, sadly passed away uh, but he is actually uh, the, the the man who sang the Liverpool anthem you'll you'll never walk alone possibly the most iconic uh, theme or or definitely football chant in in world football so uh, thoughts go out from all of us to his to his family and friends during this difficult time um We'll, we'll get in with some fan questions. People have been sending them in over Christmas, so we can get started with them. Uh, obviously, we have Sam here, fantastic uh, football mind, to uh, talk about um, you know, all of these different subjects. And we'll just get started here with a question from Danny. He said, uh, with us now all going back into a national lockdown, do you think football will finish again, or do you think it will carry on due to how much the players have been tested? Um, I, th- I think it'll carry on because unlike last time, they've got things in place now, like certain protocols and obviously you have to, everyone's getting tested and it's not like something new, like we've already have, had it once. So I think everyone will know what it is, uh, know how to like deal with it and what kind of things they have to do to prevent football from being postponed again. Yeah, and also I don't really think they can get away with that in terms of the series in the season. And I think that, you know, you don't know what will happen, whether the teams in the relegation zone will get relegated, whether they'll just forget the season again. Maybe they'll, you know, just you know, sort of leave the season and, and sort of pick it back up again, project restart. Yeah, I think a lot of people won't be very happy, particularly, you know, teams like... Manchester United are in the race for the for the title. I think it'd definitely be a. I definitely think there'll be more problems if they if they cancel the season. Yeah, I agree. So uh, another question here. This is from Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. He actually asked me a lot of questions over here, and I tried to answer them. But this is the main question, which is interesting. He provides some stats here, saying that uh, last season. So, so we will say last year, uh, the 2019-20 season, he said that 117 players from the top four leagues suffered injuries during uh, the Christmas period with loads of games being played. Do you think that they should uh, lengthen the season and prevent these injuries? Or do you think it just comes down to the players who need to improve their fitness. Um, I can see well, I can see two sides of this argument. I can see, like, potentially, because in Christmas period, you have, like, I don't know how to be exact, but you can have, like, 11 games in a month because you have all the cup ties and everything as well. Whereas maybe if you put, like, an extra month to, like, compensate for that month, you could put, like, five games in, like, uh, September, August, September time. But I think it makes... One of the good things about that, even though it does cause injuries, like for fans especially, especially it gives us like a lot of football to watch during the Christmas period, and I I don't think it should change. For being honest, no. Uh, do you know what I think? It, it, I think the main situation about it is that it, this could change the season. You know, if an injury to some massive massive players could put you know either hinder your chances at the title top four relegation I think because this year is so tight this season I think that 
you you're gonna everybody's gonna want the best players, of course they are. Um, but I think we we've seen over the past couple of years that whoever really is top after Christmas or around these long of games could be, you know, well on their way to it to the title. Um, so personally, I think that's where teams have got to have a lot of players in place, um, you know, to sort of come in and and prioritise. And I think that's part, that's why we do have a, a January transfer window. So, you know, if te- if magic big players are injured, then they can, you know, sort of improve them, you know, with world-class talent. So thank you very much for that, Paul. Really good question there. Uh, and the third question here is, Aubameyang, of course, not been firing on all cylinders at Arsenal at the moment. Uh, do you think Arteta should uh, bench him for their next game? Because I think Aubameyang is, is probably the best player that Arsenal have got, but he's not been firing, has he, at the moment, Sam? No, no, you're right. He hasn't. But I don't. I think because I think I believe everyone's got a cup game next. Maybe playing him in the cup games, game, potentially get him a goal, could boost his confidence, which will then help him in the league. But then again, it's the cup times normally the chance to give the young younger ones some game time. And as of late, the younger ones have seemed to have saved the Arsenal a little bit. So it's a it's a tricky one to answer. Yeah, and I think. I don't know whether he's playing him in the right position. We'll, we'll talk about Arsenal. We always do. Um, and sort of how, um, you know, they've obviously improved who they should buy in the in the January transfer window. That's something we'll, we'll move on to in a minute. But I, I think playing him on the wing is, is not the best for him. I think he is one of them strikers in the middle. But listen, Arsenal have been picking up some great results. And I think he will. I think... I think if he carries on the way he's going, his his goal drought. I think that he sh- he shouldn't just you know fight for his place. I don't think him being the captain or be him being, you know, the most expensive player that they've got in the team. You know, warrant you a place at the end of the day. Striker is a position where if you're not scoring, then you're not, you know, firing on all cylinders. So. Uh, yeah, so fantastic questions. Thank you very much for all the fans for sending them in. Uh, really, really appreciate it. So let's get into the January transfer window then. Obviously, it's big, big, big thing where there's been some fantastic players being bought in the January transfer window to make an impact. Most most recently, of course, being Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United. We'll go through all the teams and sort of say about who they need, starting uh, with uh, Arsenal. That is a, a team we could definitely start with. And they've struggled this season. A lot of people said they're in a relegation fight. Now, uh, you know, seem to be having some good results with a, a change in formation. But my main question for you is, Sam, is that a lot of people say we need an attacking midfielder. They thought Party was going to come in, but he's more of a holding midfielder. Do you think they need that Ozil type of player to really, really improve it? Yes and no. I think we'll go no first because I think Emil's uh, Smith Rowe has come in lately and provided that. But and also because they say they want an Urzel type player, but they have an Urzel type player in the club. But I think they've gone too far now to be able to welcome it back and not get stick from like fans for not sticking with it. So maybe they could like delve into the market and get an attacking midfielder. I've seen their links with Buendia from Norwich, who I think could could fit in that role perfectly. Okay, fantastic. Uh, one one thing that has become very, very, uh, you know, major news, uh, they've definitely not tried to hide it, is the, the money situation that Arsenal are going through right now. Um, I believe that they didn't put a lot of staff on furlough at the first uh, pandemic due to, due to money. So do you think this January transfer window is, is an opportunity to get rid of some players. May, they've got rid of Kalazanak, Mustafi might be going. Um, you know, people apparently are very, very interested in Hector Bellerin. Could you see Arsenal have a have a big sort of clear out in terms of their players? Yeah, I expect them to either now or the summer to get a lot of dead without the club who are on quite a bit of money. And then it frees them up a, a bit, bit to get not only an attacking mid- midfielder, but maybe like a centre-back as well or something. Yeah, definitely. I do think they need a centre back. I think that you know everybody talks about David Luiz. Is he going to be, you know, a player that is, you know, a massive core part of the defence? I think they have leaked a lot of goals. Uh, I think they rely heavily on Bert Leno in that 
in that respect. So, uh, yeah, really interesting to see whether Arsenal will make uh, some, you know, some business. Maybe it will be happening in the defensive area of the pitch. Uh, moving into Aston Villa, and this is all obviously, of course, on Jack Grealish, their star man, um, apparently going, looking like he's heading his way to uh, Manchester United. Do you think Aston Villa need a player as good as Jack Grealish to possibly, if he if he goes or is or is he injured, do you think you need to look at a player and go, we're relying on you now to make a difference? Yeah, I think they'll need like another creative midfielder slash attacker to, like you said, if he gets injured or does leave, to replace him and not hinder the team and try and just keep like no not like the same way he plays or the same like as he gives his all every game but just to drop like seven out of tens six out of tens a week just to keep the team moving forward it's, uh, obviously they have done really really well this season much better than I think a lot of people were predicting um, do you think that the sole reason for that is because of uh, you know Jack Greer and his quality in the middle of the park Oh, 100%. I think, I think that they force everything through and, right, and rightly so because he seems to make everything that team tick. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know what, I think one player that doesn't possibly get enough credit is Ross Barkley. I think he's come in and, and allowed Grealish to make his role a little bit more attacking. Uh, Ollie Watkins has really impressed me in terms of his introduction to the introduction of the league. And, um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see Aston Villa's sort of transfers this this window because, you know, are they thinking we're going to get pushed down? Um, so I personally think that it's going to be very, very interesting to see their transfer news. Uh, let's move in then to Brighton. And we have heard that Brighton are on the verge of signing a midfielder. Um, but a lot of people have been saying that they possibly need a centre-back partnership for uh, Lewis Dunk. What do you think about uh, Burnley and their transfer news? Um, I think with Brighton, they've got... Uh, with Brighton, they've got Ben White, but I don't know. And he's been... I, I think they play three at the back, so I think they're going to need another centre-back, maybe with a little bit of pace, because I think the two centre-backs they use currently are good, and obviously they brought in Joel Veltman for... Under a million, which is a good deal on paper, but I just don't th- think Brighton have the defensive as defensive enough centre back with a little bit of pace that can add something to the team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Burnley. Let's move on to Burnley then, and they've had some problems with uh, injuries and their squad depth. Um, I don't, I don't think that they've not they've got enough players to sort of compete with massive injuries happening. Do you think that all they need to do this transfer window is look at some good players to fill that squad so Sean Dice has options? Yeah, I think I think that's for every club as well, really. But I I'm, I could be wrong here, but I believe Burnley have recently been taken over, which could potentially mean that there's an extra bit of cash injected into the club, which could see them potentially add more quality than anything to the team. Yeah, I think Burnley has has got options definitely in their squad. But you know, you look at James Tarkowski, heavily linked, of course, with Leicester, your club for you know for many many transfer windows. Um, you know, you've got Jay Rodriguez, I think, who always puts in a shift. But I do think they need that quality player in the team. And you know, if you've got owners willing to spend, and you know, potentially having new owners, they could you know put in some money to this football club. Let's move on to uh, Chelsea, who's been a massive, massive chalking point over the past couple of uh, past couple of weeks with their poor results. They spend the most in the summer, over two hundred million, which for any club is a lot. Do you think their priority now is to just get rid of players because they have got a lot of options where they possibly think that we, you know, every every team. Every player needs game time. Do you think this transfer window will be uh, mainly trying to get players out of the club rather than players, um, you know, into the club? Uh, yeah, I think they'll make like maybe like a, a few like acute signings, a few little signings. But I think, mo- like you said, mo- mainly it's going to be trying to get all the people on high wages out of the club because obviously they can't 
because of the new rules uh, recently put in in the past few years, they can't loan as many players out as they did. Yeah. So then, yeah, so I, I, I do believe this will be just like trying to offload players for most of the transfer window. I, I know it's difficult because I've not, you know, sort of sent you these questions to sort of, you know, massively research. Um, but off the top of your head, three players, three players from, from Chelsea anywhere on the pitch, do you think Frank Lampard will get rid of this season or this transfer window? Oh, I think... Um... I think I think maybe I've always said I think Hudson Odoi could go out and loan somewhere like a top team because I think he's a top player and get some game time as well as like Billy Gilmore out on loan potentially and I'm trying to think of one more potentially someone like Rudiger who really doesn't play that often but still earns quite a little bit of money I think he'd be better off elsewhere for his own career. Yeah, personally, I think the midfield, I think, is a big thing. Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, who could just, you know, who you could say was was at fault for the uh, second second goal, uh, third goal against Manchester City at the weekend. Uh, he's a fantastic player, but I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm really convinced, but I think he, he's sort of got so many midfield options. Havertz coming in who hasn't even played. He's not played very much. Hakim Ziyech can play in the midfield as well. So I think they have got a lot of options, haven't they? But possibly they've got too many options. Yeah. Uh, moving in then to Crystal Palace. Uh, they've had a bit of a mix season, haven't they? Uh, currently sitting in 14th. But they are uh, 11 points below the uh, relegation zone. Do you think that they need somebody like Wilfred Zaha that can, you know, make a massive, massive difference. You obviously saw them quite recently against uh, Leicester. Um, yeah, I think they need someone that can complement Wilfred Zaha. Maybe a striker that can also play off him. Yeah. I, don't, I, think, I don't really think they have a quick striker because they have like Ayu and Benteke. So, someone quick that can get in behind and latch onto a like over top through ball potentially, but also like be some sort of a hold up striker that can flick it off to Zaha, who can then get in behind as well. Do you think that um, Crystal Palace possibly need that leader? You know, obviously a lot of um, you know the, the pressure's gone onto Wilfred Zaha, the constant all that. You know he's going to go to a top four club. He he deserves Champions League football. Do you think that they need a leader in that team to pick to pick people up? Yeah, hundred percent. I think every team needs a leader, and with with Crystal Palace over the years, you've had like the likes of Damien Delaney, Scott Dan. Like, yeah. So I don't, I don't see a real leader, if I'm be honest. But for Crystal Palace, but I think in January, if they could get someone that can control, well, control like the whole team and get everyone boosted and motivated, I think it could be a positive end to the season for them. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, moving into Liverpool's rivals, Everton. Uh, they've had a fantastic start to the season, of course. Players coming in that have made a real, real impact. But a lot of the news coming out from Everton over the past couple of days is actually getting rid of some players that have not had um, you know, an opportunity in Carl Ancelotti's team. He's a very, very successful manager, of course, and has won many, many honours. Do you think that uh, Ancelotti will get we'll get rid of players to try and find his perfect squad. Yeah, cause, of course, because every manager wants has their preference to the players and everyone wants the perfect squad. Because he's obviously came in, he's not, it's not like he's started from somewhere and bought everyone in. He's obviously got players that he prefers and not prefers based on what he sees in training and match day. So, I think, I think, I think it's the same for everyone. I think January is more of a time trying to look at offload people and trying to bring in someone that might be able to t- change a fortune in the season around. Yeah, definitely. I think that obviously they've got some fantastic players like uh, Hamad Rodriguez, Calvert Lewin as well, being really good. Michael Keane and Mean has been playing really well at the back. So uh, I think Everton are, are slowly becoming a, a real, real force uh, to be reckoned with there. Fulham is the next team. Obviously, they've, they've they have struggled this season. That you know, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I think a lot of clubs went to Craven Cottage and thought oh we can easily get a win they're currently sitting 18 three points below Burnley um, 
do you think that they need somebody, a natural goal scorer? Because a lot of people said they'll, they'll be down, but they're actually not that far away from potentially staying up. Do you think they need somebody uh, just that incredible quality to say, look, we are fighting and we are fighting to stay in this league? Yeah, because I think everyone thought that Mitrovic, I don't know what's happened to him if he's played or not of late. I think everyone thought Mitrovic, Mitrovic would be the guy to keep them up. But I think you're right when you say they need like a natural goal scorer. Someone that can just bag like 10 to 15 goals a season. I think that'd be enough to keep them up, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and then again on the on the opposite side of the pitch, you've got the defence as well. Uh, we spoke about Crystal Palace potentially needing a leader. Uh, do you think that's what Fulham need as well? Yeah, they seem they seem okay going forward just defensively. Sometimes they seem a little bit shaky, so maybe a leader will be able to change that, and keep everyone in order. Fantastic! And can I just say that's the first time I've ever seen Sam uh, compliment Fulham on a on a True Fans podcast. Very good. Uh, Moving into a club, of course, you know very, very well, Leicester City. Uh, fantastic start to the season again. You guys consistently, uh, I shouldn't say surprise because, you know, they've, they've proved it. Um, we obviously send you a, some free transfer list. So for your personal club, do what do you think about uh, that list and who could you see Leicester uh, picking up in the... Uh, transfer window is it time for a natural left back to come to King Power um, I'm I, with the F, actual left back I potentially I can see that it happening but I also think that because obviously we played uh, when Castagna was injured we played James Justin who I think proved himself to be one of the best young talents in the league this season but I think Castagna now playing a left back in the last couple of weeks has shown a solidar- solidarity Solidified the position to be his own, and I think I don't think we're actually going for a left back. If I'm being honest, okay, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, Leeds fly high, flying Leeds. That's what they like to call them. Uh, currently uh, in in twelfth, um, have dropped a couple of points, but I think a lot of people were thinking that they're going to be in a relegation fight. I, I don't think potentially Leeds need anything massive they've they've come out and said that we're not looking at anybody at the moment do you think do you think that they should be uh i think they should be looking for maybe i'm maybe a defender if i'm being honest because i think you'd agree with me defensively they've looked shaky this season it looks like if you were because with leeds it's obviously they're going to trying to outscore you i don't think they bother with defending as much even though as, as cheek as that sounds I think that they'd rather win a game like four three than win one nil and sit back. So maybe a defender that could is quick enough to be able to stop a counter attack because they go forward so quickly. I think that could be a real key to maybe propelling them up the table a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I watched the game against Tottenham, and I think definitely the the idea of playing out from the back, having you know being three three nil down and still attacking still throwing players forward uh, which you think what are you doing but of course they are trying to get back into the game but I think they're conceding far too many goals at the moment and I think you could if you went 1-0 down or 2-0 down in the championship you could you could say that you know that this leads are still in it uh, but it's very very different the Premier League uh, I don't personally think they'll get relegated I think they're far away from, from that uh, but I think that yeah, they they have got to be careful. I, I I think potentially they've they've got to sort out their attack, and I know that might be very very um you know surprising there. But Banford has has made the most chances um this season. You know he's made the most chances, and he's not really been firing on all cylinders for me. So I I I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see what Leeds do, and I do think they need to sign somebody. Moving on yeah. to my team, then Liverpool. Um, I mean, I don't think I'll I don't think I'll ask a more simple question on this podcast. Um, we'll obviously keep keep can keep looking at all the transfer news throughout this month on the podcast. Of course, we do this weekly, so there's going to definitely be a lot of transfers uh, as the weeks go by. It's a simple question, Sam. Does Liverpool need a, a centre half? Uh, it's going to be a simple answer. I'm going to put. I'm going to say yes as soon as possible as well. I agree with that. 
because last night it wasn't so bad defensively, but I think correct me if I'm wrong here. I think Trent there was a stat that said Trent Alexander Arnold gave the ball away 38 times. And defensively, you can't. I don't think you can be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can pin it all on Trent because I think he's had some good games this season. But I'll be critical where when when I want to be about my team and and Trent was was poor last night. He really, really were. Um, you've you know given the ball away. He was at the fault. He was fault for the first for the goal last night against Southampton. Should have headed it instead of trying to chest it and kick it out. You know, try and just just get it out as as quickly as possible. Um, you know, it's better to be uh, you know defending the throw and then getting the ball out your own net. I think the idea of playing holding midfielders. Henderson and Fabinho last night. I don't know why they didn't play Nat, Nat Phillips or um, Reese Williams last night. I thought that that was a bit of an odd choice. You know, I don't think our attack is the problem, but I think with the way Manchester United have been playing, which who, who in my opinion has got a worse defence than Liverpool, we are going to give this title away to Manchester United, potentially Manchester City, because they have got a couple of games in hand. I don't think you could knock them. Uh, we'll get into obviously our 2021 predictions a little bit later on in the podcast, but we're going to give this title away to to a club if we don't sort out our defence. I don't personally think that it's all going to be put down to him. But I think Van Dyke, we we now know the importance of Van Dyke, and I think a lot of people know now the importance of of Van Dyke in the league because he would have been a massive, massive player for us this season. I do think we need a new centre half. And obviously, like I mentioned to you, I sent you that list the list of the players. Um looking at the list again, I, I think we, we've got to have a player like Jerome Boateng, experienced, powerful. Um, you know, he's not that old, so I think he's, he's a leader um, with Boateng. Do, do you have any sort of ideas who, who you'd like to see uh, or potentially not like to see coming to Liverpool? Um, I was thinking like maybe if, if Liverpool wanted to maybe maintain the title, maybe like a an open man, Carno, one of the French centre-backs from Leipzig, because they all seem to be quite young and good. But I think you need, I think you need like a, a strong, because you don't need really pace, because you have Gomez on the, on like either side, which is one you choose to play him on. I think you just need like a Virgil van Dijk build. Someone that's strong in, in the air and doesn't dive into tackles unnecessarily. Yeah, I think that, um, sorry we're talking obviously a lot about Liverpool here, but I think that the idea that we've always had a Van Dijk and somebody else, whether it be Van Dijk and Gomez, Van Dijk and Matip, uh, Van Dijk and, and Nat Phillips or Van Dijk and Reese Williams, somebody, but I want somebody to say Van Dijk and somebody and, you know, a big, big player who, when they're both fit, will be playing. Not a case of, oh, we'll, we'll try out this player this week and then this player will go for something else. You know, at the end of the day, if all three of the front three are fit, they're, they're going to play. There's no doubt about that. Um, I definitely think we've been bad with injuries this season. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think we are, we need a centre-back. Otherwise, we are going to lose this league. And... We really need to get our, our act together. We really do. So we'll fly through these um, next clubs as well. We definitely don't want to make this podcast uh, incredibly long for you guys to listen to. Uh, Manchester City, of course. I don't pretend to see Manchester City possibly doing any transfer situation. But of course, the big thing is is keeping hold of uh, Kevin De Bruyne uh, as well. Played incredibly against Chelsea. Do you, do you think they'll keep him? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't. I think. <laughs> I think because now the transfer ban got overturned a year or so ago, I think I think he'll stay now for the long haul because obviously they're going to buy a top striker soon enough to replace Aguero, even though they do have Jesus. So I think it's all looking promising for City in the future. Definitely, and I don't think you can really keep um, you know knock them out of the title race. I definitely think they're in it. Um, one team that are in it as well, Manchester United, level on points now with Liverpool, and it's such an easy thing to say but is it a case of 
getting a getting a strong um, defender in in the squad alongside Mag- Um Yeah, I think Man United do need a centre back because I, I I think they have good centre backs, but maybe a centre back because I think we can all agree Harry Maguire is a decent centre back. Don't be wrong. He showed that at Leicester, but I don't think he's eighty million worth. But I think, I think in terms of play playing, Eric Bailly is potentially their best centre back when fully fit, and I think him next to Lindelof is a good partnership for them. But I think they have to play Maguire because of how much they spent on him. Is yeah, I think he's what he is one of them examples where a, tra- a possibly a transfer where they've overpaid for him. I agree, he's a he's a great centre back, but it, it, you know I agree he's not worth eighty million, and um, and I think he he's he's gonna honestly have that. What I'm trying to say is he's gonna have that negativity when he does something wrong because of how much he's worth. You know, let's say that was a, a 10, 15 million pound player and he makes their mistakes, you think, oh, you know, okay, he's not the best, but 80 million is a lot to pay for a centre half. I think Leicester did some fantastic money. Um, you know, got some a fantastic amount of money. But I think you've got to say that, you know, they need that leader. I would say that you know to to come in in the middle of the park and you know definitely be reliable and I think at the moment the way that they're playing you know uh, it pains me to say but you know it looks like that they could have a a real real go at this title. Newcastle now and obviously we we praise a certain individual at Newcastle. Uh, say Maxim, you've obviously saw them most recently with the game against Leicester. So looking at Looking at where they need to improve and their performance against Leicester, where who do you think they need to uh, buy in and in what position? I think maybe someone in the midfield because I think in the midfield Leicester overran them. Like they had like three midfielders. I think Ndidi overran them completely on his own. To be honest, they need like a, a someone that's gritty, someone that'll get stuck into a tackle that will like that will leave a mark and let them know that they're in the game. I just don't think they have that in the club. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, was, I, I did watch all the game, but I, I did watch most of the game. And I think, you know, you're exactly right. I think they've, you know, their centre-backs, Shaw was, was brilliant, I thought, especially in the game against Liverpool. Uh, Lascelles, of course, has that option to be back. I mean, obviously, they've got to say Maxim, Andy Carroll with a goal um, as, as well against you. So I think that that is that midfielder to get stuck in and not 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 foul everybody, but sort of, you know, you see at Newcastle and say he he's going to do in he's going to do something for us. So um, Sheffield United, of course, they're in a massive massive relegation uh, situation, aren't they at the moment? And I've, is it a case of Chris Wilder needs to buy anybody? Anybody and just hope and pray that they can turn their season around. This is going to come across controversial, but I don't know. People may agree with it. I don't think anyone can save Sheffield United at this point. Two points. Is it two points they're on at Christmas time? Yeah. Yeah, no, they are currently on two points. Yeah. It's not good. I completely agree with you. If there was any other manager apart from Chris Wilder, I believe they would have been sacked. I think it's better but honestly mate I do think that they need to get rid of him because at the end of the day we all said we all turned around to um, to everybody and said Slavin Bilic has just been sacked as West Brom manager after a one-all draw with Manchester City away what what are you doing but then as you actually see what they said about it they said look we need somebody to keep to keep us in the Premier League, and they've got somebody who's got a track record of that, like Big yeah. Sam, you know, and he got got a result against Liverpool. He 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 was, uh, I think, very very frustrated with the four nil against Arsenal. But you can see that West West Brom are definitely playing better. That's exactly what needs to happen with uh, with Sheffield United, and I definitely think they should get rid of him. Because I don't think he is—he's doing what's what's going on at the moment. But they've obviously got a lot of loyalty towards him. Southampton. We'll move on to Southampton. You saw uh, Gus Hiddink last night. 
absolutely emotional after that win against Liverpool and and rightfully so, rightfully so as well. Um, not good. I think Ralph Hasenhuddle, I don't know why <laughs> I did that. I, I think I'm losing it. With um, He was definitely emotional last night and he's definitely transformed the team. Um, is there anybody they sort of need to bring in? Because last night they played absolutely fantastic against us and, and especially deserved the win against Liverpool. With the last night's performance, you wouldn't think so, would you? But I think every team could improve in some aspect. So I don't think they have to improve attacking-wise because I think Che Adams is... As he plays with Ings, it's also a good backup as well if you need a lone striker. Maybe like maybe a wide player because I know that maybe make uh, Walcott permanent is what I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So possibly some some changes in terms of the position sense instead of possibly bringing somebody in because. I'm I'm really glad for Theo Walcott the fact that he's come in and, and sort of done something because I I really rate him I know a lot of people sort of not gave up on him I think that's a bit of a strong word but sort of you know didn't think he was as good as he possibly could have been but I think he's definitely enjoying this football uh, with the Saints Tottenham now and obviously a lot of people said about them potentially being um, in a in a title fight dropped off a little bit. Um, in, in, in recent weeks uh, but could you see Tottenham strengthening or possibly getting rid of some players uh, yeah yeah I think they need if I'm being honest I think the midfield of, is fine I think the attack is fine I, I know they brought in Doherty Doherty even I think I think a right back or a centre back is should be one of the top priorities for them yeah, no, no, honestly, mate, I completely agree with you. And, and I think that, obviously, Alderweireld's a great player, but how long have you got with him at the moment? Yeah. You know, at the moment, I think that the idea of potentially having a partnership for him, I, I think a, I think a right back to sort of, you know, you've got a great left back in, in Regulon, but is he, is he going to be in every game? Possibly not. So you do need that other right back. Danny Rose, I don't even want to talk about Danny Rose because, um, no, Serge Aurea. So I am really losing it. Serge Aurea, man, he's, he's reckless. Shocking at right. Yeah, very reckless. So um, I think he's, I think there's going to be a potential for them to do some good business and they're definitely going to attract players with where they are at the moment. West Brom, we obviously mentioned uh, a lot of people saying that they were the weakest out of the, the clubs coming up. I don't, personally think that's right I know they're 19th but I think Fulham are definitely weaker but can, can you see them making some big signings to, to save their yeah, season yeah I think they have to I think they've got I think they've got good players like Herrera the, the person that's on from West Ham Giorgana I think I think it's got to be a midfielder because you saw last did you see the own goal like the 30 yard own goal yeah, yeah you just you can't yeah. be doing that in the Premier League. I know it's like a one-off, but that that kick-started the game going downhill for them. It just went against Leeds and it just went downhill from there. So maybe like a midfielder to add some more creativity going forward, but also can put in a shift going defensively as well. Yeah, OK. Two, fantastic. Two more. Uh, West Ham, uh, Gary's team, who unfortunately um, cannot be with us today due to uh, other commitments. Uh, West Ham have really surprised a lot of people uh, with their performance um, this season. And I think Gary is, is, has said that, you know, the reason for that is sort of more fight and more aggression in the middle of the park. Um, do, can, you, can you see West Ham uh, having any transfers uh, this month? Uh, yeah, I think maybe a goal scorer, an out-and-out goal scorer. I was going to recommend the same person for Leicester as a backup. I was going to say there's someone like Celtic striker Odson Edward, who I think would thrive in the Premier League, who's also young, but, but quite attacking as well. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, everybody's been, you know, massively, um, you know, talking about Haller. I know that, Gary's not the biggest fan of him, as I mentioned uh, a couple of de- uh, a couple of mo- a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
but I definitely think they need to, somebody to compliment Antonio because we watched a game, I can't remember the West Ham game we watched together, but he was getting quite annoyed that Antonio wasn't playing. I'm like, he's just coming back. You, know, you can't chuck him in straight away. And I think they honestly um, they need to look at the potential of uh, you know, a different striker. Let's uh, move on to the final club then we've, we've got there. Um, we've got till the end of Wolverhampton Wanderers. And they have been linked with a lot of strikers due to Raul Jimenez's injury. And um, I definitely think that that's where they need to strengthen uh, because of the quality of Jimenez and now that they're lacking. Yeah, I can agree. I think they, I know they spent big on a teenager, but I think he was more one for the future that they've got in early. But I think they need someone like Jimenez that will put their head on the ball We'll go for 50-50s and try and win it all. Yeah, so I think they need a, someone that can come, maybe like a loan deal just to bring someone into these back to full fitness. I mean, I will. Yeah, I think, but uh, they as well, they have leaked goals. They leaked four against Wolves, four against uh, Liverpool. Um, so do, do you think that they need somebody to compliment Connor Cody in the back line? I, I think, I, I do think Bully Bolly's a good defender, but I think, I don't agree with this or not. I think their defence is quite slow. And I've seen a few people on like Twitter and different social media platforms slating the French left-back they have, uh, Ait Nouri. Apparently, he's not very good for them. And then also, people don't like Nelson Semedo because he's a lot way too attacking, which leaves this, everyone else in the defensive line exposed. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Def- definitely, and I think that um, you know Wolves are going to be one of these up and down teams. And uh, you, could you see Wolves possibly pushing for a, a Europa League? Um, you can never say never with this season, especially. But I, I wouldn't. I think they'll finish around the tenth, ninth, tenth spot this season. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, that's all it for transfers. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on the uh, transfers over over the month. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what will happen with uh, our clubs, especially. But we'll keep you updated with loads of uh, of major transfers. So um, let's move on then to our twenty twenty one predictions. Of course. Uh, we're, we're talking about the 12 months and we'll definitely see what will happen um, over the uh, Premier League, but also the Euros as well this uh, this year. So we've got a number of categories that we're going to be doing now and we'll uh, assess them on our last podcast of 2021, which seems so far away, but we'll definitely remember uh, our predictions. So a uh, number of categories I I've also done them as well, and we will be uploading Gary's predictions as well on the Instagram, uh, tfp.football as well, so you guys can see what we all predict. So, Sam, we start with a Premier League winner this season. Who do you think will um, be having their hands on the on the title this season? I, I Honestly, I'd love to say Leicester, because we're only one point off, but I think I'm going to have to get... I think I think I'm going to go Manchester City. I think they've got the, I think they've got because the, they've obviously got a fully fit squad, and I think with a couple of games in hand, they could. It's almost nearly theirs to lose. I think that this has been probably one of the most uh, tightest title races of recent of recent memory. Um, because of obviously teams losing big big players, um, obviously I think that some certain players. Uh, but I, I I want I want to back us. I definitely think that the idea of of, of Liverpool winning the league is definitely uh, on the cards. So we, the final uh, top four. So the three other places that are available uh, in the top four. Uh, I'll go first for this one. Uh, obviously, I've put Liverpool, you said Manchester City. And I, I actually, I'm going to keep both Manchester clubs. Uh, this is not in order, but I have gone for Tottenham. I think that the way they've been playing is fantastic. I think they will definitely creep in there. Uh, I can't see Chelsea doing it this season due to their um, performances. I think Frank needs to do something. Um 
massive if they're going to keep it in. It's going to be very tight, but I can see Tottenham creeping in, creeping in there. Uh, who is uh, the rest of your top four, Sam? Well, first second is obviously going to be Man City and Liverpool, I, I've, I believe. I'm going, I'm going to put Man United third, and I'm going to have to back Leicester. I think Leicester can get fourth this season. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was definitely that, that toss-up. I think there's a lot of con- contenders in there. Whether Leicester will, will, will stay in there, I, I definitely think they've got the ability to. But I just think Tottenham, with the way they've been playing at the moment, you know, it's definitely fantastic football. Relegation. Uh, I definitely think a one team is is confirmed. It's, it's it's not been it's not been officially confirmed. I think the way that they've been playing and the lack of points they're on, you'll have to say that they are struggling. Um, so that really leaves the only two up for debate. I've gone for Sheffield United. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's going to be the uh, bottom three. Who do you think will be uh, will be going back down to the championship uh, come uh, the end of the season, Sam? Uh, well, like you said, I think obviously it's going to be Sheffield United as they're on two points at Christmas. The other two, I'm, I'm going to go West Brom. I think this will be Allardyce's. I think Allardyce will be sacked before the end of the season. I'm going to put that as a bold prediction. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go Burnley. I don't know okay. why. I think I've spoken on the podcast about how I think Burnley play the most boring football in the league. You, indeed, you have. Yes, in the nicest way possible. It'd be, it'd be quite nice to see them do the championship again because obviously they're going to come straight back up. But I think. I just don't think they have enough about them to stay in the Premier League for another season. I think uh, I think you're definitely listening to a lot of uh, Mark Goldbridge, who is is the, the, that that infamous clip that I do really enjoy seeing of him not seeing um, Burnley stay in the Premier League. Uh, player to watch. Uh, obviously, this might be a young player, might be an experienced player who you think has really, really started well and will carry that on uh, into this year. Uh, who, who is your, who's your player to watch? I'm intrigued to see this because I, I do personally think it's a lesser player. I've got my predictions, but um, will, will that the prediction be the similar? It, it is a lesser player. It is Wesley Fofana. Okay. I, I think he started the season. I think he's been one of the top three centre-backs so far this season. It's really brought... Because of injury to Kaglos Ionchu, I think he's brought a solidarity and solidified centre-back position in his own. And I think he's a top talent and wants to watch for the future. I've also gone for a Leicester player. Who have you gone for? I've gone, and you're you're going to make, make fun of me, but I've gone for James Justin. No, I, I, I respect that. I, it was, it was I, a young I, talent. I respect that. Thank you very much for respecting it. But the reason why I've said you might be a bit surprised is that we had a, a discussion a couple of months ago about James Justin. I didn't rate him. You did. Uh, but you know what? I think he's really, really done well. And I'll tell you the game that I was really impressed with him was the game against uh, Brighton where you where you won. And he was two assists up and down that right-hand side. He is a fantastic player. And I, you know, there's obviously a lot of choice for right back Trent, um, Trippier, James Justin down that right hand side for England. But I think he has to be in that in that discussion. Even if he goes to the Euros and will have a one off group game, um, yeah. Sort of if England qualified, maybe chuck him in and, and give him some experience, but. I think he's a fantastic player and he, he has the opportunity to really uh, go into this, uh, you know, Premier League, but also the Euros. Uh, who have you gone for your Euro 2021 uh, winner, Sam? Um, I, I, I would love to back England, but since 1966, we haven't been too great at tournaments. I'm going to go for Belgium. I think they'll finally win something this year. I think this is probably one of the last chances their squad has with the players they've got, is to win something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with France. I think that they've got to be the um, the, the top people uh, 
at the moment in the Euros, of course, coming off their World Cup win. And I think they've got so much uh, depth in their squad. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, the players that they've got in, in sort of every single position. So I, so I have to sort of put them up there. And then the finally, our last category for our 2021 predictions is uh, England's place at the Euros. As in, so, where do I think they'll finish? Yes, as where do you think they'll, they'll possibly uh, finish? Um, I'm going to go with this. I want to go with the semi-finals. I think they have the potential to go into the to the semi-finals with this with the squad that they've got. I can't. I can definitely see them coming out of the group. I think it, I think it'll be tough for, for the team, but I think that they've probably not got that extra amount of quality to possibly move into the final. But I but I think a semi-final is a good building block. For, for you know, for England and their particularly young squad, where, where do you think the three lines will finish? This um, I'm gonna have, um, I'll go with the quarterfinals because I'm not. I th- I think there's gonna be a shock. I think there's gonna be a shock somewhere, and I think we might get. I think to be fair, it depends who we draw in the round. We could get finish somehow second in the group and get like France in the round of 32, round of 16, whichever one it is. So you never really know until you know what teams you're coming up against. But I'm gonna say quarterfinals. As a realistic bet. Okay, okay, that's very interesting. Uh, actually, while we've been recorded, there's been a message that, com- that has come through um, on my Instagram saying that who do you think will finish the Golden Boot? So very, very good timing. That's from Tom. Um, so, I mean, we can answer that for the Premier League. Who, who do you think will be clinching the Golden the Golden Boot? I know that's put you on the spot, but but who do you think will be? I, I think it's between two. I think it's between Calvert Lewin and Harry Kane, and I'm I'm going to back Harry Kane because he's kept up his goal scoring form in recent weeks, and he's got obviously, you could say, considerably better service in behind with the likes of Youngman Son, who's linked up with him so well this year so far. So I'll go I'll go Harry Kane, which might seem as the obvious one, but I think he will win it again. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you've got to go with the obvious choice, haven't you? Um, for me, I'm actually going to go and get to go against you with the person you've literally just mentioned being Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think Everton have been creating some fantastic chances throughout the season. If he continues his his quality, definitely in the air as well, I think he has the potential. And, you know, I, I think what Kane, I don't think he lacks it, but I think it's probably a hindrance is that he has goals come from other players in the team, Bergwijn, um, Lucas Moura when he comes on, Bale when he comes on, Human Son as well. I think... You know, when Everton score, you're going to back Calvert Lewin to be the one to to put in the back of the net. And I think Hamish Rodriguez, he's a fantastic player, but I think he's been he's been the guy who's been making the assists rather than the goal. So I want to put Calvert Lewin. But thank you very much. In, impeccable timing there from Tom uh, as we're recording this podcast. So thank you very much, mate. Hopefully you listen to this one and you can have your uh, question answered. So that is it for the True Fans podcast for this week. Thank you so much for Sam for joining me today. Really appreciate. You're joining me on the first podcast of 2021. Um, obviously, we'll keep you up to date to all of the transfer news that's uh, coming in and out of the Premier League clubs uh, as the weeks go by. And we can definitely be in discussion. For, for those of you possibly thinking, where are the score predictions? Uh, there's no Premier League action uh, this week coming up, but we will definitely get into predictions next week. So uh, there's that, there's some EFL, EFL and FA Cup action Um as, as the weeks go by so that but we'll obviously be speaking about uh, the score predictions next week so Sam as usual you are the guest and you can uh, close out the first podcast of 2021 once again thanks to everyone for listening in the first podcast 2021 like Kieran said and uh, hopefully you've all had a good Christmas and New Year I know a new lockdown's going to suck for people there in England and Scotland which ones have been confirmed so far I believe yeah, just keep positive just keep positive, keep on top of everything, and then we'll look forward to bringing more podcasts to you. So here's to a better 2021, 20, and have a good day.